a reading from the book of Acts. From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you had a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. For about 40 years, he endured their conduct in the wilderness. And he overthrew seven nations in Canaan, giving their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel, the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you suppose I am? I am not the one you are looking for, but there is one coming after me whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. Yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. The word of the Lord. Greetings, One Fellowship family and friends. Pastor Paul here, and I am so excited to share from Acts chapter 13 with you today. The title of my sermon is Always Faithful. But before we dive in, would you bow your heads with me as I share a brief word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's begin with this question. Are you hungry for some good news? If you are, raise your hand. Shake your head. Give me a wink. Are you hungry for some good news? 
Well, let's put up a picture of good news. Those of you who have been with us throughout the years will recognize this picture. This is our friend Gerald of One Fellowship being baptized last year in the mountains of North Carolina, surrounded by his friends, his brothers in Christ from our community. Now, Gerald's entrance into our church did not always look so joyful. In fact, I remember the first time Gerald came to our church, he refused to sit down. He stood in the back of the room and he had his arms crossed and he would later tell me, I didn't know if I was going to trust God or even you at that point. But over time, uh, people developed relationships with Gerald and invited him onto the men's hike when they went to the mountains of North Carolina. And uh, you see, when we go to the mountains, according to Gerald, when we go to the mountains, we strip down men, we wear down men physically, emotionally, mentally, so God can show up. And that's what God did in Gerald's heart and what God is still doing right now during this pandemic. He left the mountains and he told me, I know God loves me and I know these men love me. Now let's go to the next picture. This is a picture from this week, the present day, okay? Now why am I showing you this house? Well, it's about a story behind the house and behind this picture. You see, last week I checked in with Gerald. Given all the craziness we're seeing around our nation and in the news around the world, I said, Gerald, how are you? How can I support you? How can I pray for you? And he said, Paul, thanks for checking in. This has been a, a hard time for me, a dark time. My faith has been tested, and if I'm honest, even my hope for humanity has been fading over the last few weeks and months until some of the guys from the hike and from our church started texting me and reaching out to me saying, Gerald, we love you. We're here for you. We'll stand with you and have your back no matter what. And he said that changed everything. Well, that offer and that invitation is captured in this picture. You see, this is a picture that John, John Maxwell of our church, took as he sat out front of Gerald's house last Tuesday and refused to leave until Gerald said yes, he would come to our worship event at the Holy City Collective. He says, I'm not leaving without you. And friends, this is a story of the gospel, just one of the stories in our church, and it is good news. Amen? Amen. So last Tuesday night, Gerald and other men, we lifted our praises. We lifted our prayers on behalf of our families, on behalf of our church, on behalf of our city, on behalf of our nation, that God would show up in the life of others as he showed up in our lives. And I love how we share a collective hope, don't we? A collective hope that is founded in the work of Jesus. In this story that we're going to read about from Acts chapter 13 highlights this hope, this good news that we find in Jesus. The big idea I'd like us to take away today is this. 
The good news of Jesus proves that God has always been, kids, join me. God has always been, point this way, and God will always be, point this way, faithful to those who trust in him. Let me repeat that. The good news of Jesus proves that God has always been and will always be faithful to those who trust in him. So let's unpack this truth today. Point one, God has always been faithful. Let's look at the backdrop of our text, the context of our text this morning. In the book of Acts, the gospel is about the power and love of Jesus going out with his people to a world in need. In Acts chapter two, we read of a story called Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was gifted as a deposit into the people of God so they could spread the love of God. And so it first reaches the Jews in Jerusalem. Next, there's movement where it goes out and it reaches the neighbors to the north, the Samaritans. Then it goes out and it reaches an Ethiopian delegate and, and, and then goes to Africa. Then it reaches out and it, and it reaches a Cornelius, a military leader of the Roman government. And as we reach Acts chapter 13, the gospel, it's spreading like a wildfire. It's reaching town after town, family after family, city after city. And here we find ourselves at Pisidian Antioch a mountainous city in the province of Galatia, 3,600 feet above sea level and approximately 125 miles uphill from the coastal city of Perga, where Paul and his companions had sailed. So friends, they took about a week hiking uphill to bring the good news to Pisidian Antioch. Would you, would we do the same? And when they arrive, note what happens. Paul in Acts 13, he's invited to give an exhortation in the synagogue to the Jewish people there and the God-fearing Gentiles there. And notice what he doesn't do, okay? He doesn't start just listing propositional truths. He doesn't just start listing do's and don'ts. He doesn't confront them with their rights and their wrongs. No, Paul goes into story. He goes into the story of God's redemptive plan for humanity. A story in which he explains that in this world, there's an antagonist and protagonist. There's good versus evil. There's light versus darkness. There's misery and there's mercy. The blessing of love and the rejection of that love. All culminating in the need for a savior and then the gift of a savior, which he then shares is Jesus. And the point Paul first makes and wants to get across is that there is a God who is sovereign and graceful, who has always been faithful. Just look at the focus of Paul's language in this passage. God chose, God made, God led, 
God endured. God overthrew. God gave. God removed. God testified. God brought. God raised. God promised. God fulfilled. Moreover, to show the depth of God's faithfulness, Paul goes into specific stories in our text. In the face of racial and economic injustice in Egypt, God rescued his people. In the face of ingratitude and grumbling in the wilderness, God endured his people. In the face of lawlessness and hopelessness, God provided for his people. And in the face of sinfulness and hopelessness, God redeems his people. Friends, God has always been faithful, Paul is sharing. And Paul wants us to know that God will stop at nothing to get our attention and redeem us. God created you. God values you. God calls for you. And in modern terms, God is the ever watchful, all-powerful, nonstop loving father who always comes through for his kids. This all leads me to point two. God will always be faithful. We live in crazy times, don't we? And I recently read an article revealing some disappointing news for a few hundred people. The title of the article is this. The Mayo Clinic Alex School of Medicine just accepted 364 new students by mistake. The article reads, the Mayo Clinic Alex School of Medicine sent 364 letters of acceptance in error Thursday to students looking for admission. Quote, soon after the emails were sent, a technical error was discovered and the letters of acceptance were withdrawn by email. According to a statement on the Minnesota-based school's website. About three hours after the admissions letter was sent in error, admissions dean Dr. J. Michael Boswick told CNN applicants were contacted by phone to let them know what had happened. Boswick said the school makes offers to just 46 students. Initial offers are always over the phone, Boswick said. Quote, it's awful. We're still not clear how this happened, and we're so upset for these folks. A vendor's glitch sent the letter to everyone who interviewed, Bostwick said. We deeply regret having caused disappointment and stress to these applicants, and we are continuing to investigate the issue. Can you imagine you are in. Actually, no, no, we, we made a mistake. You're out. What disappointing, devastating, bad news. Well, in total contrast, look how our passage today ends. We tell you the good news. What God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. 
in layman's terms, what Paul is saying is that in Jesus, we are in. Receive this good news. God is faithful. And Paul uses the death and the resurrection of Jesus as the climax of our story, the story, the cosmic plan of redemption. Why? Because the resurrection proves two things. First, nothing can stop the love of God. We read in Romans 5, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Also, Titus chapter 2, he, Jesus, gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people. What this means is that no pain, no shame, no sin is too much for God to handle. The resurrection also proves that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Paul, the apostle Paul, would write to the Romans, I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, here's what this means. It means we can go through life with all of its struggles and live with a peace that transcends every moment. Why? Because in Jesus, death is not a dead end, but a doorway to a better tomorrow. That's why the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians even taunts death with these words. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Friends, the good news of Jesus proves that God has always been and will always be faithful to those who trust in him. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. So to conclude, here are four actionable existential steps. In the face of injustice, let's trust in a God who rescues. In the face of ingratitude, let's trust in a God who endures. In the face of helplessness, let's trust in a God who provides. And in the face of hopelessness, let's trust in a God who redeems. God has always been, and he will always be faithful in Jesus to you and me. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would search us and you would know us and you would 
just measure all the stuff going on in our hearts, in our lives, and come in and rescue and endure and provide and redeem each one of us. We recognize that you have been faithful. We recognize that you will be faithful. And we trust you with our all and our everything. In Jesus' name, amen.